We bless your name in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a loud shout of glory. glory. Hallelujah. Give the Lord another loud shout of glory. glory. Hallelujah. Why oh, I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, on Sunday, we talked about something that is very important. Amen. It's very important because the whole purpose of the teaching was to stir us to learn to practice divinity. Amen. It's important that we understand some of the things. Can we take our seats? Some of the things that God expects us to be able to understand and to be able to do. You know, once you get born again, there is a, there is a, there is a mentality that every Christian must have. Amen. I remember the vision that God gave me. He says, go teach them and take them from where they are to where they are supposed to be. But every year, it looks like I, I keep thinking about it. And I realized that this, this year I've realized that when he said take them, it means that he's not going to take them. He says you should take them. And if he give you such an instruction, and there is something he's seen about the Christian, including myself. He knows that I have the ability to carry somebody from being penniless to having money. You see, but it doesn't just happen. It comes by practice. And last Sunday, I decided to teach certain things. You know, sometimes when we teach like that, we finish a program. People see programs that we do because they are used to whatever they wear, their churches that they used to be or whatever it is. They see program as just program. We are finished program. You understand? But you see, every time we meet like this, we, we want to let all men know certain things. We want to make all men recognize certain things. We want to make all of us who belong to this ministry have a particular way of thinking and a particular way of doing things. Amen. Amen. Because there is the mindset of the Christian. The mindset of the Christian is supposed to be in unity. It's supposed to be aligned with the mindset of God. When we talk about a mindset, we are talking about the way a person reasons. You see, we are talking about the way a person thinks on things. When, 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 when something happens, how does this person think about it? You know, or when there's an issue, what is the mentality with which the, the, this person addresses that issue? So, a, a mindset is the, the way your, your mind has been structured. That's the way your mind has been programmed. And it's important that in, in us, we are growing. We are moving from face to face. We are f- moving from stage to stages in our walk with the Lord, in our understanding of God's word, in our understanding of the Holy, of the Holy Spirit and all that. In as much as we do that, it's important that we cultivate the right mindset. We, we are not people 
struggling in life, running to a place to one day make it. You know, that's, that's not a Christian. We are not people who are just struggling and one day we will make it. Or we are running around in life and then maybe one day, one day, out of the, out of the blue, something will just happen. No. God has programmed our lives in His Word. God has programmed our lives in Christ Jesus. God not on first things don't work in spiritual understanding. Majority. Majority of Christians are living like they are just looking for something and that is all. See, but God has programmed our lives. So you, if you remember, Sunday I was saying that the Christian is not a human being that is serving God. See, we are not human beings serving God. That is not the Christian. Every Christian thinks that he is a human being. God is the supreme being. And we all have to depend on the supreme being. You see, that is a religious mentality of Christianity. And that is a religious mentality of God. So any person that has that mentality or that understanding is practicing religion. He is not practicing Christianity. Do you get what I'm talking about? So, you can be in church, you can be a Christian. Am I talking to somebody here? Because see if I could get some of you here to catch some of these things and focus on it and be serious about it. In some few years to come, your life will never remain the same again. In fact, those of you who come for the classroom and all that, you hear me share some of these things. Your life after some years must be so unique. Not because you have so much substance, which you would have. But because the way you handle issues and the way you do your things, you see, makes people identify you like Christ or with Christ. See, they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. You see, they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. So people take knowledge of you after a period of time that you have been with Jesus. Or that you are with Jesus. Or that you are walking in the understanding that Jesus walked in. See, so if your life is coming to church and your mind is, I am serving God, and you are in your mind, your mentality, in your understanding of all, everything Christianity, is like I'm a human being who is unable. I'm a human being who is so frail. I'm a human being, and I'm just trying to depend on this supreme being. And without him, I can't do anything. And all of that, you are practicing religion. That is the religiosity of Christianity. You are practicing religion. That is how to know that this person is practicing religion. And I can tell that many churches and many Christians are practicing religion. Shout glory to what I just said. They're practicing religion. And then I said that Christianity is a relationship between divine beings. Did I say that? So it's not a relationship between a human being and God. It's a relationship between a divine being and a divine being. It's a relationship of divine beings. And I said that why divine? Because when a person is born again, that person ceases to be human. Because being born again means that you are are born of God. 
God has legitimately given birth to you. That is being born again. Are you here? I will share the link. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So, you are a legitimate child of God. You are a legitimate child of God. You are God. You are you are God's child. Is that not powerful? So the relationship is between God's child and His Father. You see, that's why I say two divine beings. The relationship between God's children and their Father. That is Christianity. That is the relationship. And this is a recognized, legitimate, divine relationship. It's not something that we have conjured. We are, we are not saying it. It is a, a reality. It is something that has really happened. That I'm born of God. I'm a Christian. I'm a child of God. His life is in me. His love is in me. His nature is in me. His spirit is in me. Do you understand? My spirit has been given birth to, to look just like Jesus. Being born again. Not of corruptible seed, but of an incorruptible seed. Through the word of God that liveth and abides forever. So when these things be in you, when this knowledge comes into you, when this mindset, when you cultivate this mindset, because it will not just drop on you, you have to cultivate the right mindset. You have to program your mind in that direction. You have to have this kind of mindset. That I'm not ordinary. In the midst of all the chaos in the world, I am not ordinary. Many Christians are so sensible and so sensual that they are unable to embrace these truths. Some even come here. All the truths we've been learning, they are still the same way they are. From the way they talk, you know that they think like the world. From the way they behave, you could just see that they just think like the world. Do you understand what I'm talking about? But it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has lavished upon us. First John chapter 3. says that we should be called the sons of God. says then because of that, the world does not recognize us. Because the world did not recognize him. So he's saying that because the world did not recognize or did not know Jesus, the world doesn't know us. What is he expecting? He's expecting us to be living just like Jesus then. You see, look at the way. And this is com- this God's communication to us. This is God speaking to us. This is God's word to us. Do you understand what I'm talking about? This is God's instructions to us. With these troops, you face life situations like a champion. Yeah. So sometimes when we have programs and people just come and all we have church service and people just come and all that, you begin to wonder, are these people following what we are teaching? Are they following the truths? Are they building these mindsets into them? Do you understand what I'm talking about? Are they following these instructions? Why? Because when you understand these simple things I just shared right now, and I shared it on Sunday, why do you have to understand all Because God, I said something, I said that the Christian is a divine person Tabernacled in a human body. So it is not your body that defines you. So you say because he's still in the human body, he's a human being. No. He's a divine person, tabernacled in a human body. And that means that this divine person that lives in a human body has control over his body. And has control about, over what 
affects his body. His body doesn't rule him. He rules his body. The world doesn't rule him. He rules the world. But you see, ah, but I'm not ruling my world right now. I'm not ruling the world right now. That's what maybe you say. I'm not ruling the world right now. Not so many things are responding to me. Not many things are changing when I say they should change. Is that not true? Then you come to the step where you begin to learn, you understand your divinity in Christ. That's what I'm sharing. That's what I was sharing. I started sharing about the divine person relating with his father. As you understand your divinity in Christ, you learn to practice divinity. So in Christianity, we practice divinity. Because we are divine beings. So if you don't understand your divinity to practice it, then you will be living in an understanding of a human being. You see, it's about wells. It's about wells here. So you'll be living in the world of humans. Are you following what I'm saying? And never living in the world of the divine. So it means that you will not be practicing divinity or the divine that you should practice. But we ought to we ought to we ought to desire, we ought to practice divinity and desire to practice that more. To practice that more. That is the higher life. That is the higher life that we've been given in Christ. That's a higher calling. That is what makes Christianity different from any other thing. That's what makes Christianity different from the Old Testament man. When you begin to learn, you begin to walk in the understanding of your divinity or of your divine nature and you begin to practice it and you get dissatisfied if you don't see results in that practice. You get dissatisfied. A child that walks and falls will not will be dissatisfied that all the other children are walking and he is falling. So you see him rise again to now walk and fall again and rise again to now walk and for he is practicing humanity. Do you understand what I'm talking about? He's practicing what? Humanity. Human beings ought to walk. They ought to grow. They ought to walk. Their growth is seen in their walk. So we know a child is growing when a child walks. We know a child is growing when a child crawls. Is that not true? So we see growth in motion. We see a child growing and say, oh, he has started running. Then all the, all the house will be clapping, clapping, and they, they, everybody will be rejoicing. But where we see the child at the age of five, he's still crawling, then everybody begins to now wonder, what is happening with this child? Is that not true? What is happening with this child? It means that that child is not practicing what all men think that he should be practicing at a, at practicing at a particular stage or at a particular age. I don't know whether you understand what I'm talking about. It's the same in spirituality. So I always say that we are still moving forward. We are still growing. We are still moving in phases. You see, not because we are not doing certain things now, but because we have to get to certain stages too. To do certain stages, certain things at a higher level. I don't know whether you get what I'm saying. But it's by practicing. It's by understanding. And one major way, or one major practice that I was sharing was a practice of calling things into being. Did I talk about that? 
And then I came in to talk about God who loves to give and give things supernaturally. He gives things. God can give a microphone. He can give money for a microphone too. That's our father. He gives things supernaturally. He's able to distribute things. Why? All things were made by him. All things exist by him. All things consist by him. All things are held in place in their various positions by him. Do you get what I'm talking about? So there is nothing he cannot give to the Christian. But even if we are teaching it well, there is nothing he has not given to the Christian. But sometimes when you see that there are new faces, you want to bring that thing at the level where everybody can now capture. But it's because it's a giver that is giving things to the Christian. How shall he not also with us also freely give us all things? Do you understand what I'm talking about? So he's giving us things. That is true. But you see, in his practice as a divine person, God, or in his practice as, 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 a, as a deity, in his, in his practice of divinity, God himself practicing, how does he get these things into being? By calling them. So he says he calls the things. He says, Abraham, go to Romans chapter 4, where we read again. Amen. Are you following what I'm saying? I'm just trying to review what I talked about so that you don't let it slip. For some of you that have been coming to the classroom, your life after, it shouldn't be, at a point in time, it shouldn't be shocking what you do. There should be a difference between you sitting down here and all those who don't see that oh, we are doing a classroom or who feel like, oh, today let me go on break and all that and just want to live the human life and talk about economies. You say, live the human being. All the things that have been happening is, is, a, is happening to, to make Christians know that we are joking in the church. Do you get what I'm talking about? To make ministers of the gospel know that we are joking in the church. We are not raising them. We are not training them. We are not showing them how to, we are not demonstrating how to practice divinity. So the divine nature in the Christian is dormant. That is true. When COVID came in, it shows the church. It showed the church how handicapped we are with all the tongues we speak. That the Holy Ghost is the greatest force on earth. The Holy Ghost is the greatest person. We speak in tongues, magala, magala, magala. But when the COVID came, all those speaking in tongues went to hide. All those with clerical went to hide. Everybody was scared of dying. In the church, where Jesus reigns, where the name of Jesus has all authority, and we preach it, but we can't show it. So the world looks at us and just laugh. These people are just religious. What they believe, they can't prove it. Do you get what I'm talking about? The person in whom they believe, they can't demonstrate him. So they've all gone to go and hide. And they are saying that man of God is saying that the COVID is like That man of God, forget them. If you are, think you are powerful, come and show it. And they are saying all kinds of things. We should be ashamed to be even talking about another man of God that he says is powerful. Now, there is economic recession all over. And every pastor, every wherever Christians, the, the, the major announcement is 
economy has gone this, economy has gone that, economy has, is that not true? Are we deceiving ourselves? Are, are we not deceiving ourselves? <laughs> I tell you, if I were not a Christian, I would, challenge, I would have been challenging Christian. I said, I've said it before. I think that's the reason why maybe God taught me the word of God plenty. I would have been, I would, I would, you are me to challenge you to prove to me that what you are saying is true. Unfortunately, Christians don't even think that way. Isn't that unfortunate? It's unfortunate. Because we are practice, we are living different from our practice. In fact, we are, we are talking Bible and living outside Bible. <laughs> ah, but what changes is different. Did you hear what I said? So he says, Abraham's cogitations, his meditations, contemplations on God after walking with God. What he arrived at was that God quickens the dead and calls the things which are not in physical existence into existence. That was his conclusion. That God can call the things which be not as though they were. Is that not powerful? God can call the things which be not as though they were. So if God wants to give you something, He calls it into being. He can just call it. And once He calls it, it's not there. That is His divine nature at work. And I'll show you the reason why I'm, I, I came back to this. I'll show you why. Because I didn't finish on this message. Do you understand? But that's His divine nature at work. That is Him practicing His divine. He can't practice human nature. He doesn't know any human nature. <laughs> He doesn't know what it means to go and borrow some money. Do you understand? It doesn't, God doesn't know what it means to not have money in account. It's a human mentality. He doesn't know what it means to take an injection. That's humanity. He doesn't know what it means when he says that uh, there is fuel is lacking. He doesn't know what is lack. That's our father. He doesn't know what we call lack. Or need. Are you following what I'm saying? The reason is because he, he, is, he is God. I said this what? He is God. He is a divine person who doesn't know anything about humanity, human things, and he practices his deity or practices his divinity. That is God. So if God were to sit in a car and he is going, he wouldn't look whether there is fuel and it's about to finish. Are you following what I'm saying? If he's holding a mobile phone, he won't think whether there is credit and it's about to finish. To him, as long as he's holding the phone, the credits on it can never finish. That is, that is the, that's the, that's the realm of God. That's the realm of our Father. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's the realm of our Father. How do we know all of these things? Because he started demonstrating that in Genesis. After all the demonstrations, then God became man, Jesus Christ, and showed us how, how, how God lives. Oh, is this not powerful? God became man. Even though he became man, he did not become man to practice humanity. He became man to practice divinity in the midst of men. He was a divine person clothed in a human body, just like I said the Christian is. And Practice divinity. Practice the supernatural. 
in Jesus. This is how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. It is who went about doing philanthropy and healing. So the two are different. Healing and doing good. Doing good. How did he do good? He did ne- Jesus never went to the bank to cash money to give to somebody and say that take and go and pay your rent. If they wanted rent and they needed money, he wouldn't have to go to his bank to take. He would have to release that money. He would have to call the money. The money is not standing with him. But when he calls money and he says, how much? He says 26,000 Ghana cities. And he says, 26, let there be 26,000 Ghana cities. That money will come to that account. That is Jesus at work. That is what he did in the Gospels. He told the disciples, I have given you an example. God started in Genesis, let light be, light became. Is that not true? Let fishes be, fishes became. Let there be dry land, dry land. Then Jesus came to show us that that let there be is the, is the normal life of everyone that is associated with God. That is why some of the Old Testament men who were, who had that association with God, were not born again, could still do that. When Elisha looked at those people and he told them, he said, go and look for uh, ditches, pots, pots. He looked at Jehoshaphat. Kings were before him. So he wasn't dealing with young, young boys to say, no, or your mabra, Kings were before him. And he told them, that the people were so thirsty. They had gone to battle and they were in the forest somewhere and they were all thirsty, about to die. Their horses, everyone. And somebody says that there is this prophet. Look at the work of the prophet. See, there is this prophet who poured water on the hands of Elijah. He is somewhere, somewhere at the corner. Let's go and see him else. We all die here. If they wanted water, do we see a prophet? Don't you go and look for a stream somewhere or some sea and purify? How did they see the prophet? Think about it. How did they see the prophet? That they had gone to battle and they were thirsty and all that. And they said, let's go and see a prophet. Does the prophet carry water around? No. But these men had walked with God. They were not born of God. They didn't carry God in them like we do. But they, are, they walked with God. And by just walking with God, they had come to even learn how God does his things. These are the prophets of old. Where someone could look into the skies and rain comes. Prophets of old. Is that not true? So these people went to Elisha. And Elisha told them, he says, go and, and, and dig holes. Dig holes all over. Dig holes, any hole you can dig. And they went, they dig ditches, pots. What do you call it? Ditches. About seven of them, about ten of them. Here, 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 here. And he said, that said the Lord. He says, bring the minstrel. They brought the minstrel. Let's see. I'm trying to get the, this, us, WCN serious members, dissatisfied with the current level we are working in. And to let us know the possibility of going higher. And getting things done on a higher pedestal. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So when I preach that, sometimes it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody who is looking for things. It's for those who want to do things. 
Do you get what I'm talking about? Some are looking, Christians who are looking for things can they will come to church all right. But it will be one of the messages. But the one who wants to handle his has to have his life in his hands. Where it is not whether economy or president or something. And he dreams of doing things for himself. Just like Jesus. Then the message goes for the person. I don't know whether you caught what I said. They made all the ditches there. And he said, that said the Lord. There will not be rain. There will not be dew. But the next day, the next morning, all these ditches that you people have dug will be full of water. That's a man of God talking. That's a prophet talking. I said, that's what? That's a prophet talking. He did not have to even reveal anything. First, he started with that one. He revealed things, but he started with this. He said, there will not be any rain so that we say, oh, in Atona, I am man. Do you understand? It has rained and the ditches have become full. So he said, this is not strange and powerful. He decides not to go the normal way. He could have said, okay, I'll pray and the Lord will send rain. But he decides to do an abnormal something. This is a man who is not born again. This is a man that the Christian is greater than. And when I say the Christian, I'm talking about the little child, the least. The one who entered as a wee smoker and got born again today is greater than Elijah. Do you get what I'm talking about? So when some of us learn the scriptures like that, Christianity becomes, we have made Christianity very boring. What do you guys think? Christians have made Christianity boring. We've made it a church-going activity. <laughs> We've made it what? A church-going activity. Oh, we are in the church. We have gone to church. Oh, all the things that Papa talks about, these are all things. What do you know as a Christian? These are things Papa is talking about. What have you read from the scriptures? Yourself. That you talk about that. Ah, so is this what God says I am and I'm living like this? Or is this what God says I can do? Or this is how he says I should live and I'm just living like a... a, 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 a uh, uh, what? The guys woke up and the Bible says that there was a river, River Edom. And during the morning sacrifice, the river itself flowed. It flowed through a... This is God. Is this not God? River flowed throughout the forest and went into the ditch, first one, and filled it. And went to the second one and filled it. And went to the third ditch and filled it. And went to the fourth one and filled it. And went to the, uh, the what? Fifth one and filled it. And went to the sixth one and filled it. Went to all the ditches and filled all of them. That when they finished the morning sacrifice and they went, the ditches were all full of water. Yet there was no rain. There was no dew. The power of God, the power of God could direct the path of a river and move, or a stream, and move the water into ditches one after the other. Because a man has walked with God, or was walking with God, or was practicing God. He wasn't walking with God and serving God. He was practicing God. If you hear what I said, shout glory to that. These are men in the Old Testament. Then Jesus comes to show that he's also there. I am God in the human body. And then begins that. See, when you, when you, when you meditate on this, that's what sometimes say, people ancestral this, a demon is that, and all of that. Sometimes if you, if you learn the scriptures, and you, you read the scriptures, and you see things like this, 
You'll be shocked what, what will happen to your spirit. What will happen to your soul. You will think when, when preachers are talking about ancestral powers and talking about certain things like witchcraftery and we are now explaining what is... When you see all of those things, you may, you may get very upset. Do you understand what I'm saying? But I've realized because people don't understand the Christian. Most ministers don't even understand the Christian. Who is this person on earth called the Christian? Most Christians themselves don't know who am I, me, on this earth called the Christian. Who am I? It says, go and borrow verses of all your neighbors. A man of God takes the loaves of, loaves of 20 loaves of bread and says, give it to 100 people, let them eat. Then the servant says, 20 loaves of bread to 100 people? Hey, it will not be enough. Oh. Is that not true? He says, give it to them, they'll eat and leave thereof. This is an Old Testament man. He's living in the realm of God where God is sufficient. Do you know what I'm talking about? He's living in that same realm where he carries loaves of bread to give. And he says that give and they will eat and live thereof. He says it. And they give feet hundred and there is still surplus. Men who walked with God and practiced God to their generation. They demonstrated God to their generation. And then men, now we have men who are born of God. The church of Jesus Christ. Is that not powerful? You and I. You say you and I, you and I. So Jesus went about this doing good. He went about doing what? Doing good. How did he do the good? When they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus looked at his son. In a, in a way, he says, they want wine. Is that what he did? Peter said, I have master, we have told all this. When I started fishing, you were so young. Think about it. Think about it. The disciples says, let them go. They do so that they these things are not written for us to just announce them in churches. They are written for us to know how divine beings live. Is that not true? Jesus said, if I have told you earthly things and you do not understand, then what will happen if I begin to tell you heavenly things? And these are heavenly things. Why? The Spirit searches all things. Yea, the deep things of God. Since we speak the wisdom of God among the what? Among the hidden. Not the wisdom of this world, which comes to naught. This is the wisdom of God. If the church will walk in the wisdom of God and see it as it is. I said what? See what the scriptures say concerning us as it is. A lot of things will change. That is what is driving some of us. It's not building church that is driving us. Because the building of church is the all other things that will be added. But the real work is the ability to move somebody from here to there. To show God to a person. Did you hear what I said? So thank God for all the testimonies we have that is happening in the church now. But there are, there are deep things. When you study the scripture, there are deep things. There are certain realms and dimensions of oppressions that men could command. All. He says, to go and borrow vessels. 
The woman was in debt. He went to a prophet. He didn't go to see the banker. Is that not true? The woman was in debt. He said, let's go and see a banker to give us a loan. And then when he says, so, so if such a prophet is starting a business, will he, will he look for a loan? He was in debt. He ran to the prophet and said, my prophet, you know that my servant is, is dead. Your servant, your servant, the prophet, is died. And the borrower has come to take all my children away. The man of God left farming. There was farming in the land. God said, go to Zarephath. I have ordered the woman to take care of you. The man of God carried his bag, his uh, portfolio, travels all the way to Zarephath, meets this woman at the gate, and tells the woman, give me some water to drink. And the woman says, oh, that's water, I have plenty. Let me give you some. Then he says, Chalet, but I'm very hungry too. Please add some cake or some bread to it. Then the woman says, no, 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 no. We are in times of farming. Don't you understand? Do you understand? Is that not what, what, what? That's what the woman was saying. So that is left with just a piece of meal somewhere and something, some small, small, small something. That I'm, the reason why I'm even at the gate that you met me here is because I'm gathering sticks. So I can go and set some fire, cook the food, you see, cook the food for myself and my, my boy. So that when we eat the, the last meal, we will die. Or when we finish eating the last meal, we don't have any choice just to wait till we will die. Then you meet a prophet of God. And then that man of God says that, fear not. That's the first thing that came. Don't be afraid. Make the cake for me first. Think about it. The man of God says, you, I know it's like the last one that when you eat, you die. But make this what I looked at and I said that if you are giving in church, your giving to God, to church, to Christ must be first. Else it makes no sense again. We will take the money, but there will be no results till Jesus comes. Because God is first in your life. He says, make for me first. For that said the Lord, this meal that you are making for me, it will never waste. Or it will never finish. Or it will never be exhausted. Neither the cruise of oil, or the pot of oil, until the Lord sends rain on the earth. What a man of God. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I said, what? What a man of God. I said, what a what? What a man of God. Thank God. That's what I said. I said, thank God for the testimonies we've seen. People say, this, this, this. I don't have qualification. I don't, this. But what a man of God. And just, it came to pass that the barrel of meal did not waste. Neither did the goose of oil fail until the Lord sent rain upon. So for three and a half years, there was always meal to be eaten. The little, so the, mother, the man of God has said something on it. He couldn't stop. Do you get what I'm talking about? The man of God has said something. It couldn't stop. It only ended the particular year that the famine ended. Because the man had, think about this thing. He says, go and borrow vessels. The woman brought vessels. He says, borrow not a few. Brought a few. Go and pour. Even the woman couldn't, when they asked, what do you have in your house? I don't have anything. It's just a small pot of oil. He, she knew that there is nothing. The pot of oil, there is nothing. But when a man who is demonstrating God releases words on that which is nothing, it becomes something. But you see, these things are not written for us. They say Elijah was powerful. They are written for Christians. To, they say these things are written for our learning. For Christians to come to realize that the men who work with God, not born of God, 
lived a particular life. Is that not true? How should the children of God be living? That's what I started by talking about practicing divinity. And not be human conscious. Or humanity conscious. We are, I'm a human being. Ask me, I'll die like a man. I'll die like a dog. I'll die like a dog. Some say they are like dog. Some say they are like a, man is like a dog. Man is like this. Is that not true? And some Christians also say the same. <laughs> but Jesus did good. He was practicing divinity. That's why I said that if God should take that money and he's counting 500 cities, it will go to 5,000. If that is what is in his heart. It is not a story or a fairy tale. It is the life we have been called to live. Practicing divinity. Living supernatural. You say, but I don't have that results now. What are you going to do if you don't have that results? But you have the potential in you. The, 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 the disposition, the nature of divinity, divine nature is in you. But you don't have results of the divine. Like the child I used as an example, what will you do? Sit in the house and be saying, they are talking big, big, talk big, big, big. Uh, or sit in the house and be saying, oh, this is Akufuado, if Muhammad should come back again. Or you close that human thing and throw it away and think about the government that shall be upon the shoulders that you are part of and what happens with those who are part of that government they don't know economy of Ghana neither do they know economy of the United States they only know one thing Christ Jesus in us the hope of glory is that not powerful God lives in me Christ lives in me I live in Christ divine nature is in me I live, I, I, I'm, a I'm a divine person. Housed in the human body. Yes. How does God do what he does? Jesus did it. Now, take us to Romans chapter 1, verse 20, quickly. Let me share with you something quickly. Is, it, is this not powerful? And you are challenged. That, that is what challenges us. We don't eat, we are praying. At the point, they say, we are not eating for so and so weeks. Why? Something strange must happen. And not happening at once. Or once a while. Didn't you read what the scripture says in the book of Acts? Since the men that have turned the world upside down, they have come here also. Is that not what they said? That was the, the description of the apostles. They said the men that have turned the world upside down. What does it mean to turn the world upside down? When you are still living like a human being? is when they saw the disciples and the boldness with which they made the cripple walk and the, the things they were saying about Jesus Christ of Nazareth, how he was crucified and he has been raised back to life. The Bible says that when the Sahindians saw them in the kind of boldness and the kind of faith that was at work, they took knowledge of them. They said, these men have been with Jesus. They are not human beings walking around. Don't touch them. Leave them and let them go. Is that not true? That is the kind of WCN we want to see. <laughs> if you want to see some, say glory to that. Glory. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Every time when I sit down sometimes, and my whole mind begins to roll around. It says, and God said, and he saw. And it was, and he saw. God said, and it was, and he saw. Is that not powerful? God said, and it was, and he saw. 
God said and it was and it's so. I said, wow, this is the life of the Christian. Why is this so important? Why is this so important? This is important. This is, that's, this is a higher call. This is a higher life. If you're able to break through in your understandings of these things and you begin to live them on a normal day, you will not know what is economy. You will become a working economy. That's why I talk about the blessing. I talk about the blessing. It is you have the ability to start anything and grow it. Or you start anything and blow it. You blow it yourself. By the time you say, let that be, it has blown all over the world. (laughs) Who wants to live like that? Else we will still find ourselves in the realm of limitations and go to heaven. We will still be victims. Now, as we are talking about economics, economic recession and all that, Everybody who is a Christian who doesn't know all the things we are sharing about and thinks that these things we are sharing are not very important. They hold their speeches and their mentality, uh, speeches and mentalities of victims. You are living like a victimized being. Your whole life is in the hands of a man called Akufuado. So when he turns it like that, to if tomorrow he breaks up and says that fuel has gone to $500 per barrel, we are going for demonstration. Christian. They say you don't know if you don't stand for your right. You have a right. We have right, better rights in Christ. This is, this is the time at these ages that we are all young to begin to practice. Begin to do what? Practice. If you hear all these things, this is a blessing today for you to be in this church today, today. A blessing. Those who didn't come, they leave them back for you to be here. You are going back Listen to the message on Sunday. Listen to this message again. And decide I'm living like a child of God. I'm living like a person who is deified. I'm living like somebody who is God-like. If you call them gods to whom the word of the Lord came. Is that what Jesus said? What do you think you will call the son of man? Are you not a son of God? Says because of this, it's not a shame to call us brethren. Saying, I'll sing my praises. In the midst of them. Is this not powerful? These are truths that hit some of us left and right when we wake up and we are thinking about how full of God we are. If we are so full of God, when we talk to our cars, they must all obey. Are we not full of God? It says, For in us dwell all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And we are complete in Him. Oh, I'm teaching you what is about to happen. What do you guys think? The next revolution. It's, in the, it's with WCN. Yes, People are calling for revival. We are calling for revolution. Yes, Spiritual, we don't need a revival in the church. We need a revolution. We need to see some supernatural, what? Men and women of God, Christians, who are turning the world upside down. Not revive. What are we reviving? What are we reviving? What is there to be revived? That is why we talk about revival. What comes into people's mind when we talk about revival is prayer. Prayer is not revival. Do you understand? When we talk about revival, what comes to people's mind is prayer. Prayer revival. Because of Charles Finney. Finney did not catch what we have now. Charles Finney did not know the level of revelation the body of Christ is walking in. I'm talking about the body of Christ who cares to know, not the body of Christ who are just singing hymns. Those who care to know the level of understanding, spiritual understanding that we are walking in Martin Luther did not work in it. Do you understand what I'm talking about? John Wesley did not work in it. 
Charles Kinney did not work in it. The church has so advanced that we have come, the eyes of our understanding are enlightened. We have come to realize and understand how full God, how full we are in God. God has filled us to his, in, his, in His fullness. You walk fully. What has filled you? You say, God has filled me. These are truths that they didn't know. These are truths that they didn't know. So if you are still calling for a type of feeling revival, I don't know what you are talking about. We are not calling for a type of feeling revival, which is a prayer revival. We are calling for supernatural revival. If there is a revival, it should be men walking as supernatural beings. It should be Christians doing the supernatural. Christians practicing what? Divinity. That is a proper revolution. That's why I call it a revolution, not a revival. What are we reviving in the church? Our prayer life. What are we reviving? What we ought to see is what Jesus saw. What Jesus did. The greater works that I do. The works that I do shall you do. The greater works than these things that you see. They said, should we pay tax? They said, Master, that one there, if you want to pay tax, we will follow you. We will pay tax. We are just there. He says, go and take the first fish and just take, give them money, the money and let them go. Oh, just think about this. So what is this kind of revival thing that is like a prayer? Revival, revival of calling, uh, praying and have, uh, asking God to help you to solve a need is not a revival, Master. What do you guys think? The proper revolution is giving needs. Is what? Giving needs. Take that job. So I've taken it. Take that job. So I've taken it. Take that money. Let there be jobs. Let that is revival. When the Christian wakes up in the morning and visits his chest and says, Let there be promotion. And enters the, the, the workplace and the boss says, Charlie, my promo too. Why? What do you guys think? Hey, it's a proper then you come to church and test and say, when I woke up after hearing the man of God message and I said, Ah, this is about five years, I said, Let there be my promotion. And when I said that and I entered and the CEO saw me, he said, I promoted you. Oh. Is that not a proper revival? It is so what's the essence of always asking God for things and things and, and things at the age of uh, 37, you are still standing with your father and say, Please give me a law affair. If you don't give me a law affair, I can't move. And that you are calling that a revival. What do you guys think? If you if your if your father was an earthly father, wouldn't have slapped the hell out of the you. Would <laughs> have slapped you left and right and told you that could you be able to miss some mouse can and vanco faka. Come on, shout glory. So for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. It has been understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power. And Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So he's saying that the invisible things of creation are clearly seen and understood by the things that are made. So the things that we see in the physical explains the things that are in the spirit. Did you get what I said? But what I wanted to see here is even his eternal power and Godhead. So you ask me, how come I'm so confident of what I'm teaching? I'm so confident because he has shown us how God did it. In Hebrews, he says, faith by faith. Now he says, God has two important, what I should put it, abilities. His abilities. He says, two important abilities. One, his, his eternal power. The other 
is the Godhead. Now, the word translated Godhead means his divine nature. So, you see, how are the invisible things made visible or clearly seen? By God's two important abilities. One is by God's eternal power. Two is by God's what? Divine nature. So, God is God and has a divine nature. Did you hear what I said? And God also has what? An eternal power. Who is a person called the Holy Spirit. So in God's creation, he was demonstrating his divine nature. And demonstrating his eternal power. So how do we see the things that we see? We see them by God's faith in demonstrating his divine nature and demonstrating his eternal power. Who caught what I just said? Who caught what I just said? You caught shout glory to that. So I said how many things? Two things. How many things? Number one is what? His eternal power. Number two is what? His Godhead divine nature. Or his divine nature. So it says his divinity. Where it says Godhead is translated his divinity. Or his divine nature. Is that not powerful? Now, because we are divine beings as Christians, we also have God's divine nature. And we have God's eternal power. So here it shows us God's eternal power and God's divine nature. Then there are two scriptures I'll show us, I want to show us before we close. We talk about the divine nature that the Christian is part of and eternal power of God that is also residing in the Christian. So it is not like I'm going to look, God, God, please buy me a microphone. Oh, one of these days, eh, most churches will close down because I have come. What do you guys think? That is why I teach you. That's why I do what? I'm teaching you. One of these few days, these few days, I'm expecting to see some of you also demonstrate the divine nature and eternal power, not to sit down and be watching. When we all, as WCM members, begin to demonstrate that, what do you think the body of Christ will turn into? That is, that is WCA. That is what? Uh, so if you are a member of WCA, you think I just come to church like I used to attend the Methodist church. I attend because I, you have not understood that oh, there is also another church here. This is a unique one. Yes, sir. I said this is what? A one. From today, have that mentality. I belong to a unique family. Yes, this church is unique. Because of the way we think, we live, and we do. We are not now looking for ancestral curses to break out of our fathers and all of that. We, we are not those churches that believe in that. We, I said what? We are not those churches that believe in that. We are not those churches thinking that we are walking in luck and one day uh, I'm broke. You don't understand. I have to manage my things more, more. We have broken out of that. What do you guys think? Yes, sir. Tonight, when you put your head on the pillow, you say, Magala Patahasa. You speak in tongues with this man, with those focus. Sometimes you have to speak in tongues with this kind of understanding. You speak in tongues with this focus. In your mind, you, have to, you are not speaking just thinking about how to pay your rent. Malagalagala. My landlord is coming. Malagalagalaga. My car just falls. Malagala. You go, you are joking. It says, it says, it's like what? It's like putting the food, putting your hand on the table while the food is on this side. You are just joking. Is that not strange? <laughs> that's why you speak in tongues. I'm a divine person. 
you speak in tongues. What are you doing? You are, it says building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the building up your faith. Building up your faith. Stirring up the measure of faith. Stirring up the measure of faith. Instead of praying that kind of prayers, you are, you, are, you are sitting down doing, Father, please give me a job. You know, I've been jobless for a long time. Father, if you give me a job, I'll give you my, my first fruit. Everybody better. Ah! Father, you know my heart. If God knows all of us, our heart. And you know our, your scripture says that all our hearts are open before you. Please give me my, my job. Please let somebody give me some money. Please God, the way I've been suffering, please, you just let anybody who can just touch me, just give me some money. If I, as I go to church, just do something for me, Lord. Just do. Some of you even go to the assembly. You know, like Christians, like, they think the more they cry on God because of their problem, then God will now say, deliver him from going out to the pit. He has been crying. <laughs> the church must change before some of us get to some certain ages. And we are the ones to do that. I said what? We are not saying anybody should do it for us. Yeah, we are the ones. We've started it. Have we started it? We are taking it higher. We are doing what? Taking it higher. Christianity must change. The church must be victors. The church must work as champions. The church must work as people who are in control. He said, he looked at them and he says, occupy till I come. Take charge till I come. Occupy till I come. Take control till I come. He has set us far. Some of these scriptures, one of these days, things will happen. Don't you understand what I'm talking about? They fire above all principalities. So they say fire above. Sometimes you are just praying and your whole focus is on the fact that you are fire above every name that is named in this world. Hey! Every name that is named in this world, I am fire above. You can't be sleeping like that. So I was sleeping and Papa, I don't know the way I'm so tired. One of my friends used to say, says, Nothing is chasing you in life. Our logos. We are, we are moving to a realm. We are shifting. What are we doing? We are shifting. We are shifting to a, a realm where we can't, we can't have a, an empty pocket. Do you understand? A, a realm where we can't have an empty account. This is insulting. When they are counting people are of top class, then we are looking down on us, these people. There were times where they said, this guy is as poor as the church mouse. Is that not true? Haven't they changed their mind now? Have you seen, have you, how many times do you hear somebody say, he's as poor as the church mouse? They've changed their minds. There was a shift like that. God sent certain men to also shift. Now they say, you are, you are as rich as uh, the church. Is <laughs> all the pastors are so rich. Is that not true? All the pastors are so rich. Pastors are rich now. All these pastors who are taking all the offerings. You see, so if you follow men, you'll be, why? Because at the time where most pastors were not taking any offering, they were just broke, or they didn't know anything about money, and then practicing what? Uh, uh, givings and all that. Practicing prosperity. They didn't know. Practicing the blessings. Nothing. And they were just, they say, if you get rich, you go to hell. And all those wrong things, because they have not studied the scriptures, the right knowledge or light had not yet arrived in the body of Christ. When the man was writing his dictionary and writing some uh, phrases and all, all the, the idiomatic expressions and all those things that they were writing, they turned and they said, 
you are as poor as a church mouse. That's the world insulting the church. Then light broke out concerning prosperity. And men started buying jets. And church members started buying jets and helicopters. Two days ago, we were talking about one, one, one gentleman like that who has a jet and all that. He's a church member. It's not a pastor. Yeah. pastor. We're talk, discussing that somewhere, somewhere on Monday. Do you get what I'm talking about in a particular church? Then they saw church members. Even the Muslims saw church members buying jets and all kinds of things. And they said, no, 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 no. Now things have changed. You are not as poor as the church mouse again. You are as rich as your pastor is. Is that not powerful? How many, how many years ago? How many years? What is it? They've left it long time ago. That's how to cause a shift. Change. And another change is coming. There's a global revolution. When they are announcing global recession, say, there is a global revolution coming. We announce it every time. Don't you announce it? It's a global supernatural revolution. Where men live by what they say. Where men call things which be not as though they were. And they come. Oh, are you in church today? Men live by what they say. This is very, very nice. So if you shall say to this mountain, Jesus was talking. Not Muhammad. Not Adolf Hitler. Jesus was talking. To the church. It says, you, if you shall say to this mountain, remove from here to there. Is that not what he said? And be cast into the sea. Says, and shall not doubt in, his, in your heart. I wish I had some time. I've let you read, read the message translation of Romans chapter 4. It's so powerful when you go and read it. Message translation, Romans chapter 4, verse 17. But, it says, but this one is in what? Mark chapter 11, verse 22, 23. So if you shall say to this mountain, why is he saying that if we shall say, because we are partakers of the divine data that God used in bringing the invisible things into the visible. In, according to Romans chapter 1, verse 20. So God has divine nature or is divine nature. And we are participators of that nature. God has eternal power. And he has given us that eternal power. That is what the scriptures say. So you have moved from that realm where you are now saying, God, when will you give me the job in that oil company? Do you understand what I'm talking about? That is for the little child. To that point where you say, the job in that, my name is there. And you are not making those confessions. I'm not talking about confessions here. I'm not talking about positive confessions. That, that positive confessions. I'm not talking about positive confessions. I'm talking about coming up. I said, I'm talking about what? Coming up. There are different kinds of exams. That's not true. Are you now, can you write BEC at this level? It's an insulting thing to you. Is that why I'm writing BEC? Are you writing WASI at this level? So there are levels. So I'm talking about coming up more than the BC you wrote and coming up from, from the WASI and coming up from all the exams you go to the university where we are going to mastery. You are going to what? That's masters. Is that what the scripture teaches us? It says we should be masters. It says the one who is running should and wants to be to be a master, to gain mastery, the one who is running. He's, he's not running like somebody who is beating the air. Because he wants to he wants to he has to go according to the rules, the Bible says. Why what that's what the scriptures teaches. Now it says you go this is a New Testament scripture. It says you go according to the rules to gain mastery. You have come to master's level. 
In Christ Jesus. You have come to what? Master's level. In Christ Jesus. Well, you have learned how to practice this. You have learned how to use the divinity. Use your divinity. I said what? Who? For reason of use. Let's have their senses exercised. They have what exercised? Go to where? Who heard what I just said there? So it says that if you shall say to this mountain, move from here to there, or move from here and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that whatsoever, say whatsoever. whatsoever. You see, this is not an exaggeration. This is what must make you go. Maybe you've not seen the scripture. Mark chapter 11, verse 22 to 23. When you go, put your head on that scripture. Sometimes you have to open your Bible like this, whether it's on the phone or not, and put your head on it like this. I said, do what? And begin to think on the scriptures that you are putting your head on. <laughs> Why? Because he says that if you, you um, whatsoever, he says, whatsoever, whatsoever. I said what? Oh, my God. This can take you to some 14 days. Just this one. In prayers. He says, he shall have whatsoever, he says. Whatsoever, he says. He shall have whatsoever, he says. Shall believe what he says shall come to pass. The word come to pass means ginomai. Shall be made to happen. He says, he shall have whatsoever, he says. So, getting visa is based on whatever you say. Getting first class based on whatsoever you see is another life. Oh, yes, it's a life of living by what you see. Is that possible? Do you want that kind of life? Not all of you want it. Some just want to live around town. Is that not true? <laughs> some want to do what? Live around town. <laughs> but some of us, we want to see that one. That, that is what he says. We've started seeing it. It's not that we don't see it. We've said things. We say things. They happen. But you see, when it says whatsoever, it means that none of it doesn't happen. There's a dimension or realm. Do you catch what I'm talking about? Of this understanding. What? Whatsoever. Whatsoever. You say is whatever happens. Whatsoever. So if one happens to them tomorrow, they didn't happen, another one did not happen. That is not the whatsoever. You come back again. That is the practice. That's what I said. When the child falls down and they cry, and they carry the child back, he will stand up and walk at the, and carry it. Is that not true? I've seen a child who goes to play and hurts themselves and the next morning they've not gone again. They will be there. <laughs> child glory. So go to these two scriptures and we close with it quickly. I don't have time. Who has been blessed today? Go back and listen to the message and challenge it. We have how many decide that before this year ends, your level of practice of, of spirituality or divinity would have increased. Anything is for you. When it says whatsoever, it means anything is like I'm giving you a check, write anything and go and cash it. Is that not true? Say so whatsoever you shall. And that is the higher life. The higher life. The higher calling or the higher life 
is living by what you see. That is it. There is nothing higher than that. Somebody say, how do I know that? Because that's what God did in Genesis. And he's showing us by revelation in Romans chapter 1 that this is what happened. His divine nature and eternal power at work. So when God said, let there be, there was. It, it happened and he saw it. And he said, you are good, you are good, you are good. Is that not true? So imagine Christians are living by what they say. Huh? On a daily basis. Where you knock your pocket and say it's $20. And you are going. And there is $20. Do you understand? That is when, Pastor Chris, that is when you want to sit on the church and say, sit, and then the chair will come. There is no chair. Once you do like the chair will just come. That is how Jesus lived. He cursed the tree, the tree dried. Did the tree dry? You say, eat, there is food. But see, these are not things for, these are not gymnastics. These are not gymnastics. These are real things. Where you have control of resources. Because you call them and they come. You transfer them and they come. I told about wealth transfer. Now these are all, this, at this time when they are talking about recession, this is the time to prove wealth. Is that not to Prove the blessings. So if we have not also trained ourselves, it says that the, 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 the well, I forgot, I'm looking for a scripture. Come on, shout glory. <laughs> Shout glory. <laughs> you, are like a, you are like a pregnant person that it's time for you to deliver and there is no strength. So deliver the child. You have to be able to carry it to nine months. Say deliver. Now there is no strength. Ah, there is no what? No strength. Shout glory to that. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 4. So we have faith. Do we have faith? Yes, sir. But we don't talk about faith today. Let me talk about these two important abilities of God. In quote, abilities. Second Peter one four says what? So Romans one twenty has shown us has shown us has shown us that is that not true? It showed us eternal power and Godhead. So somebody said that is God's eternal power and Godhead. It's something no man has. Master, master, master. Who Bible? Read Bible. What do you guys think? Let's go to the scriptures. Peter. I feel like doing some teachings right now. What do you guys think? Second Peter chapter one verse four. Be, be. That's why I said be what? Be daring. And study the scriptures. Study, study the scriptures. Study and be, be dissatisfied. Seeing your, even if you just say as if as if so am I in this world. Hey, that's a powerful truth. That alone is it not big. How many blind eyes have you opened if you are like him in this world? So you come, you don't sit down and say, what do you call it? People come to church and go back with, with asthma. You say, I, I, I'm so powerful, you're so happy. You're happy about what? You open the scriptures and say that you can't come to church. You come to church, you leave your asthma, and you go asthma free. What do you guys think? That is like Jesus. That's not like Jesus. They brought all the sick. He laid down on some of them. In fact, at the point of them, they brought the sick and they said that they sought to touch him. They said, let, just, let, just let us touch you. Let us just touch you. We will be free. <sighs> you are blessed. You are blessed. Instead of battling with cancer and thinking of whether cancer will kill you and all that, come to the divinity side where you are seeing men teach, touching you for cancers to die. 
Not when you are now thinking that maybe hey, if I, I should be careful. They said if I drink this oil, I'll get cancer. Who told you that? What oil? Do <laughs> the one who is even saying that has his own cancer. What's there? Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. The last time I said something, there's a problem with this scripture. The problem with the scripture is that Peter was writing. So he has given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Where did he give those promises? In the Old Testament. So he was writing it like a, uh, uh, with a Jewish mentality. So he has given us so that by the promises, we might be partakers. So has the promises been fulfilled? Yes, yes sir. So all the promises in Christ Jesus are yea and what? Amen. And amen. Fulfilled. That's what I said. The New Testament, we are not living on the promise. When you are now put, ah, I call him a train near my power. By this time, you should be buying, uh, what do you call it, jets and bringing them to me. So if you say, I don't have money to buy a jet, I should slap you one of these days. You wake up. <laughs> what do you guys think? I say, wake up. Well, this way, I don't have money to buy a jet. With all these things that you are, you are hearing. <laughs> you hear this thing. We are not living on promises. God promised me. God has promised me a child. God has not promised you a child. God has promised me this. In fact, God told me in my dream that I have promised you this. Forget that promise. It's not a promise. You see, whether it's a promise or not, is dependent on who is receiving it. So the Old Testament is a promise because he received a promise. We are not receiving a promise. Do you understand? We have received the fulfillment of the promise, which is Christ. So from the time you received Christ, to uh, go in, Every word of God that you see is no longer a promise to you. You are a doer of that word. It's a provision. It's real. It's truth. Realities. Is it real that I'm wearing white? Or is it a promise that I'm wearing white? <laughs> uh, if you are in church, shout glory. You see, I've, I've taught all these things. Next year, 2023, I will start teaching them again. Yes, I have to change the whole society before what I run away from. I have to change the, the Ghana mentality and remove you from all these mental men, Ghana mentalities, Christians with me, Ghana mentalities, to Christians with Zion mentality, ah. Christians with Christ mentality, yes, Christians with... You see, many Christians have Christ mentality. Do you understand? Many. But not many have Christ in me mentality. You see, I've changed it again. That's a good teacher. <laughs> you, are, you do what? You, you, we, we <laughs> hey! So it says that, let me close with this. So that you can go and rest. It says that by this we might be partakers of the divine nature. So we are partakers of the divine nature. Why? Because it's the past tense is having escaped the corruption. Having what? It is having escaping the corruption. Having about to escape the corruption. Is that what he said? He says having escaped. If you have escaped the corruption, then we are partakers of divine nature. Does it make meaning? So that Godhead he talks about, which I said is translated divinity. Or divine nature. I've said that the Christian... It's when you go to a Catholic church they're talking about the Trinity, always remember that you are included in the Trinity. Because Christ is part of Trinity. You are in Christ. Yes, sir. 
You are not in Christ as a term. You are in Christ as if your intestines is in your, be- your be- belly. We say your, do we say your intestines is your belly or your intestines is, we are saying it, there is no intestine, we are saying it. Is that what you say? Your intestines are in your belly. Small and large intestines. Do we say they are in your belly? Or you have forgotten your basic science now? So we say Christ is also what? You are also what? In Christ. And Christ is what? In you. Forgive, did you hear what I said there? Are you in Christ? So having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So all Christians are partakers of God's divine nature. The nature of righteousness and eternal life. I'm a partaker of eternal life. That means I'm a sharer in eternal life. It means that eternal life is also in me. Divine nature, the divine nature of God, God's righteousness is also where? What's inside me. So if God through his divine nature could make the invisible visible, then I also through the same divine nature do that. Then he says it's not just enough to say let be. But there must be the eternal power that causes the let there be to be made. See the eternal power is what genomizes the thing. Genomai means that it makes the thing appear. So let there be soap. Then genomai brings the soap. Which kind of soap? Is it lax or what? You just mess gay side to just show up in your room. What do you guys think? <laughs> so is that divine nature? Eternal power. Let's go to eternal power and then we close with that because we don't have time. So look at somebody, tell the person, practice divinity. Look at the person. Say, practice your divine nature. Don't be walking as an ordinary person. No, be walking as a divine person. Living in a human body. Shout glory. So, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. This scripture, anytime I pray and my focus, you pray with, did I say that? Focusing on scriptures like this. You'll be shocked how you'll be stirred to pray more. Than just praying, zavalabala, zavalabala, zavalabala. As you are praying, your whole mind is even empty of that nothing. Mazada, mazada. Ah. Is it one hour okay? It's one hour. <laughs> Shout glory. Glory. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9. Hey, verse 19, sorry. Verse 19. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. So you are at 15 now. Go to 19. Shout hallelujah. Have you been blessed? We are turning this world upside down. God doesn't need 500 people to turn the world upside down. He sent them two by two. If two of you can turn the world upside down, it's enough. To draw all the world's attention to you. What do you guys think? And to get you to now preach the gospel to the world. The reason why we talk about these practices are so important to establish people's faith in the word and in the power of God. Today, nobody, people's faith are not in any power of God. Today, people's faith are not in the power of God. Today. In this generation. But we have come to change things. 
says, we are born for such a time as this. Is that what he says? David said, is there not a cause? They asked him, David, why are you here? You should be tending the sheep and all that. Is that not what Papa said? You should, take, talk, you should be taking care of and all that. What are you doing at the battlefield? He said, is there not a cause? Is there not a reason? Is that not powerful? Where the guy told who? Esther. says, God has set you where he has set you for such a time as this. If you refuse to do that, God will do what? Deliverance will come from somewhere else. But you and your household will perish. Is that not powerful? We are going to cause changes. We are going to carry the, the body of Christ to another level. We are going to be demonstrating God. Paul speaking in one of his passages in Galatians chapter 6, they glorified God in me. He doesn't say they glorified God in heaven. Because he's in heaven. He says they glorified God in me. Why? Because the, the God in heaven is already glorified. Jesus in heaven is already glorified. But we ought to see God glorified in you. He says let your light so shine before men. So that they may see your good works. And glorify your father which is in heaven. Come on shout glory. So then what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Give us the energy in to us world who believe. Do you believe? He says the, the exceeding greatness of his power. That is what he talks about, his eternal power. Now he says, the exceeding greatness of his power to us world who believe. Oh, it's powerful. I'm powerful. As he say what? I am powerful. I'm powerful. Powerful. When you hear that a child has died, then you begin to stir up yourself. Children are dying before your eyes. And you are saying, ah, what happened? Ah, what happened? You hear that the child has gone missing. All you can say is that what happened? If it was Elijah, would have called that child's name. Wherever the child is, you will come back home. If it is you, you say, oh, what happened? Ah, what is happening in this country now? Madosh. Magalagadosh. Are you following what I'm saying? Yes, Pastor. Stop talking about discussing problems. Steady the, let the word of God be. You want to be resourceful. Resource, not resourceful. Resourceful. Through God's word. Says, if these things be in you and they abound, they make you that you shall not be unfruitful nor barren in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. So you can be very barren in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I refuse to barren and be barren in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that powerful? Yes, says, what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who do believe? According to the working of his mighty power. Says, which he wrote in Christ. Oh, this scripture. I've meditated on the scripture for how many years now? You, anytime you pray, come to myself, Bakala, that I'm powerful. The power of God is in me. Say it after me. Say, the power of God is in me. It says, and it's incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is like the, the working of his mighty strength. That's the NIV, right? Give me the amplified. Oh, the power is for you. Say, the power is for me. He didn't say power. It says incomparable great power. Say it after me. Say incomparable great power. Say that it's incomparable great power. The exceeding say the exceeding greatness of his power. Power that exceeds anything. Are these fables? Amplified quickly. Let me close with this. Shout hallelujah. Have you been blessed this evening? 
So NIV, uh, give me the amplified quickly. Let's let's finish up. Say I I am I'm a partaker of God's divine nature. Say the divine nature of God is in me. I practice divinity. I am divine. Say say I am divine. Say I am divine. I am not a human being. I'm a divine person. I'm born of God. He lives in me, in every fiber of my body. Every bone of my flesh, he lives in me. See, his power is in me. His unlimited power is in me. I can do things. I can change lives. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited. Do you see the word there? Do you see the word there again? Unlimited or unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power where in and for us who believe. As demonstrated, gives us an example. As demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength which he used in raising Jesus from the dead. Shout hallelujah. Bow down your heads. I pray, I bless you in the name of Jesus. Let the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. Let the spirit of wisdom continually abide in this ministry. Causing us to do God's will. Causing us to live a life above the human senses. Causing us to live life like Jesus Christ. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Father, we thank you for your troops. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that you've given unto us. Father, we thank you for the spirit of wisdom and understanding that is at work in this ministry, in our lives, and in the body of Christ. We bless your name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Shall we take our offerings and be out of here? Shout hallelujah. 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 So, the announcement we have now is that 90 minutes is coming off on Friday. Shout glory. Sunday we are continuing our church service from 8 o'clock to 9.30 and our field ministry from 9.30 to 11.30. Amen. Yeah. Now we have one major program before the year ends. Is that not true? And that is our Super Sunday. And that will be coming off very soon. Amen. Super Sunday. Super Sundays. And this particular time, is going to be running for about three to five days. Hallelujah. And we are going to be blessed on, in all what ways. Amen. Amen. And then we also have what 90 minutes with the Holy Spirit. And we also have our testimonies that will be playing every Monday or every Thursday. We'll let you know. Playing with some of the testimonies and putting them on the platform. Amen. 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 Glory. Let's all do well when it's time for you to pray. Please do well to pray at, at midnight. Lead us in prayers. And also, let's all do well to be in church on Sunday. Amen. 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 And let's do well to make the calls that we are supposed to be making. Amen. Shout hallelujah. So bow down your heads. As we close. Amen. As we close, you can just put your offering in. Father, we thank you. Thank you for a blessed week. Thank you for a blessed life. Thank you. We are preserved. We are kept. We are doing your will in the name of Jesus. 
pray that the blessings of the Lord will be manifesting continually in our lives. We see great things. We walk in understanding. And the ministry of the Holy Ghost is at work in us. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Shall we all share the grace together? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ.